Amen. I'm really excited to be here today, so thank you for having me. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name's Lauren. I'm a Spurs supporter. Yes. Great game. Thank you. Um, and yeah, before I start sharing my message for today, I wanted to just take a moment to share about KLM. Um, some of you would have heard about who we are and probably some of you may not have heard about who we are. Um, but Kingdom Living Ministries is a training school um, and we are passionate about training and equipping Christians to live and love like Jesus. So we look at things like intimacy with God, um, our identity in Christ, living a supernatural lifestyle. So that would be things like learning how to hear God's voice, learning how to pray for healing, um, walking in signs and wonders, doing um, evangelism, getting, I don't know, supernatural strategic plans for your workplace, whatever it might be. And we also look at calling, so helping people to discover what they're called for and um, if they already know, helping them to actually move forward in that. We've got some students in the room. We've got some alumni in the room, um, which is really, really exciting. So if you want to know the truth about it, you can ask them. Um, but we meet here every Thursday. Um, it's a nine-month course, one, one day a week, Thursdays, half ten till half four. And we go through our whole curriculum together. Um, if that's too much for you, you can't do a whole day, we also do online, um, which is on a Wednesday night from 7 till 9 p.m. on Zoom. Um, and we send you a teaching in the week, and then we spend that time activating you in lots of stuff. Because I've realized you can get information from about anywhere. You can just go onto YouTube and get all the information that you need. But what we actually need is activation so that our lives are transformed by what we've just heard. And so that is what we're doing. We are hands-on practical training for Christians. So if you want to know more about it, you can come and talk to me after. I've got some leaflets out the back as well. Um, yeah, anyway, end of the plug. So thank you, Martin. And Martin's one of our trustees, so you know it's legit. <laughs> or not. Anyway. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm kind of like with this on me, like a model. When you take the picture of me for the, the YouTube, make sure you get the air. Um, anyway, so <laughs> um, I felt to talk to you guys today about Sabbath rest. I know we've done a lot of jumping today, that's okay. Um, but I'm also aware this message is mainly for Martin. So I'm just going to preach to Martin and the rest of you can listen. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's for me. Um, but I've been reading this amazing book. It's called... Um, Beautiful Resistance by a guy called John Tyson. And it's basically about how we can have a greater sense of conviction in a culture that um, is just kind of falling apart. <laughs> in a culture that doesn't have any conviction. Um, and how we can still be like Jesus in a culture of today. In a, yeah. So I want to talk about rest because rest is quite countercultural in today's society. We are told to work really hard, to make it happen, do, do, do. You're defined by what you do. You're defined by your job. If people say, when you introduce yourself, what do you usually say? What do you do? And that's how we tell each other apart. That's how we define who we are a lot of the time. Not all the time, um, but it's oftentimes how we tell people a bit about who we are is telling them what we do. And what we do 
has become quite overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, I think if we look at the stats, I think the stats are the highest than they've ever been of people taking time off work due to stress, due to uh, mental health issues, um, and due to burnout. People are overworking because people don't know what else to do. People don't know how to rest because the world is telling them not to stop. But rest says that I trust God. Rest says that even if I'm not doing, God's going to provide for me. That God's my all in all. That he's the beginning and he's the end. And that as I rest, he's going to do. And it's not that we don't have to do anything and that you're supposed to spend every day in bed. You're supposed to play FIFA all day or anything like that. Um, and rest isn't just about physical rest. It might be for you. But it's not just about physical rest. The Sabbath was not about physical rest. It was about resting in God. And you can rest in God in the busiest of days. There are times where I just take time out. I'm having a really busy day. I just need a moment. I just go hide in the loos. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take a breath. I'm going to remember why I'm doing this. I'm going to just center myself on Jesus. And I'm just going to breathe. Two minutes. And I'm taking Sabbath rest in the middle of my day. But there's also a principle, a biblical principle about Sabbath rest, which is what I want to talk to you. So this is a really cool quote from the book. And um, in it, uh, John says, our lifestyles can actually become a form of violence to ourselves and the ones that we love. When I read that, I was like, ouch, that is, it's true, but it's a little bit uh, painful to hear. And in bowing down to the hyperactivity and so-called progress that this world wants to put on us, our souls are actually increasingly more yearning for meaning, for value, and for rest. The more that we actually get ourselves involved with worldly things, the more we find ourselves wanting real meaning. The more we find ourselves saying, I just don't feel happy I have everything the world tells me I have should make me happy, but yet I'm not. And I don't know if you guys relate to that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But a lot of the time that's because we're getting our identity from the world, from, the, from what the world tells us is good. And while we all want to please God, it's good. Of course we want to please God. The cultural demand that is on us requires us to be really strict with ourselves, to put rest as a spiritual discipline, time out with God. And that may be having a nap. It will be for me this afternoon. Um, it may be having a nap, but it may be taking time with your spouse. It may be doing a hobby. It may be going swimming or whatever, writing, whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be about stopping and doing nothing. And it's definitely not about finding time to finally catch up with all your chores. That is not what we're talking about. Even though I know that those days are glorious days when you can finally do all those bits that you've been wanting to do. But that doesn't count as your Sabbath time, okay? Don't count it. You can't count it. <laughs> um, it's taking time with God for restoration, for respite, for all the things that you need. And so the cultural settings around us demand us to have vigilance for us to step into rest. 
you're not going to simply drift into devotion with God. We're not going to glide into godliness. We sometimes think it's going to be just really easy. It will just happen to us. It will happen around us. But actually, it's a choice of stepping into the presence of God. It's a choice of saying, yeah, I'm going to read my Bible. Yes, I'm going to worship. Yes, I'm going to spend time just simply being in the presence of God. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. I'm going to spend time with my friends who make me feel and come alive. Whatever it might be, we have to be intentional. And there was a time when I was really busy that I would block out a day or half a day or something in my diary. I had to put it in my diary, otherwise it would get filled with something else. Because I would see an empty space and I'd go, yeah, I'm free. (laughs) Yes, I can do that thing that you want me to do. Yes, I can work. Yes, I can do this. When actually, unless I book it in, book in a date with God, book in time with God, then I wouldn't do it. And all the other pressures of life, all the other pressures of other people, which it's good to serve other people, it's good to do all those things. And that's what makes us fall into the trap because they're good things that we're doing. But unless we block out that time, oftentimes we fill it with other stuff that comes along. Everything else feels like a priority over rest and feels like a priority even over God. So in Matthew 13, 22, this is the parable of the sower. I'm kind of hoping that you already know it. If you don't know it, Jesus talks about throwing seed into different types of ground and how, as a result of the ground that it fell on, how that seed would grow into um, what it was made to be. But in the parable, Jesus says that the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth will choke the word of God and make it unfruitful. Now, we know that wealth can be deceitful, so I'm not really going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the beginning bit because he says, the worries of life. He's just talking about life, regular life things. He's not talking about intrinsically bad things. He's not saying, oh, you shouldn't do nice things and all of that. What he's saying is is that even the nice things of life can trip you up when we prioritize them before God. Anything that we prioritize before God is a form of worship. And we are worshiping that thing. It's become an idol in our life. If we can't say no to it, it's become an idol in our life. Can you say no to watching that football game? Can you say no to... um, uh, You know, I can't even think of another example. (laughs) Clearly it's me. Um... But how easy do we find it to say no to other things that want our attention and our affection and our time? Oftentimes it's much easier to say yes to a person than it is to say yes to God. But God needs to be our priority. And stepping into that place with him needs to be a priority. And so there, there is an answer to how do we stop the worries of this life taking over and making us unfruitful, and that's Sabbath rest. And Sabbath is the only command directly given to Adam and Eve by God. But I don't know if you notice that we have a really unhealthy relationship with rest and with time. Let me just pray for you real quick. Uh, could you just quickly go do this thing for me? 
Everything is about, do it really quickly. <laughs> I don't want to take up your time. How quickly can we get this thing done? <laughs> and it's not about just even enjoying the experience. It's just about getting it done. And I know for me, I don't want to live my life of just getting things done <laughs> and doing them as quickly as possible so that I can do other things and get those things done as quickly as possible so that I can do some more other things and get those things done as quickly as possible. I mean, even just to say, let me pray for you real quick. Two minutes, two minutes, I just pray for you. It'll take two minutes. <laughs> like, we even want to rush being in the presence of God. We even want to rush praying. And we see it in our language, and that really challenges me because I do it as well. I do it too. Oh, let me just grab 10 minutes. And yes, grab those 10 minutes if you've only got 10 minutes. But actually, I want to learn how to make those 10 minutes an hour. I want to learn how to expand my capacity to spend time with God. And for me, you know, when I'm not in a great place with God, when I feel like I'm far away then I'm really gentle with myself. I have grace for myself. I'll start with five minutes. I'll be like, I'll worship or for five minutes. I'll read my Bible for five minutes because I know after that I'll get distracted. But I'll, five minutes is better than zero minutes. So I'll do five minutes. And then the next day, I'll do 10 minutes. And then the next day, I'll do 15 minutes. And before you know it, you're doing the hour or you're doing whatever, half a day, a whole day, who knows, whatever it might be. But it's, you are not getting distracted that you feel at peace, you're finding it easy. But don't have judgment on yourself right now because you're like, oh, I can't do more than 20 minutes with God. I must be a terrible person. Guys, we're all, we've all been there. Like, There's no judgment. But it's learning how to expand our capacity so that we can take in more of what God has for us. Because it's hard to hear his voice in the busyness of life. I know that it is for me. And so I need to still and I need to be intentional to create that place of Sabbath. So Sabbath, um, it reverses that unhealthy relationship that we have with time. And it makes time not, not a place or not a project, but time holy. It makes our time with him holy. And in the Bible, there are different types of time. So there are different words for time. There's the word kairos and there's the word chronos. And the word kairos is kind of like a God moment. Oh, this thing happened. It was a kairos moment. I don't know if you've heard that. A lot of people in churches use that term. Um, but kairos, I looked it up in the Bible. Um, it literally means the right, the critical, or the opportune moment. So it's a God moment. Whereas chronos is, we get the word chronology from the word chronos, so it's time that can be measured. Time that is ongoing, it's measurable, it's ordered, and it's moving forward, and it's the time that we use in our everyday life. Um, and so we see these different types of time in the Bible. The Bible doesn't just talk about ongoing one-hour, two-hour time. It also talks about kairos time, these moments with God. And Sabbath is like finding kairos moments in a chronos reality. The world wants us to live in a chronos time that is just ongoing and consistently has its pressures on you. But a kairos moment takes you out of all of that and into a moment with God that 
almost can sometimes transcend time. I don't know if you spent time with God sometimes and you thought that was only 15 minutes and it was like two hours. She knows right at the back there. Um, but it is just kind of like there are times we've got... I mean, I went to David's tent last weekend. I don't know if anyone else went. It was great. It's a worship event, 72 hours of nonstop worship. I didn't go for a whole 72 hours. I did sleep in the middle. Um, but like, I would worship for like four hours at a time. But put me somewhere else and I'd be like, there is no way I can do four hours, let alone four hours standing up, guys. I love to lay down. And, uh, but the time just flies. It's as if you don't even know what is like, going on around you. That is a Kairos moment because you're not functioning with the time that the world tries to put on you. So we have to resist the desire to do. How easy do you find it to resist the desire to do? And in this way, when we do that, we resist defining our lives by our success or our failures. And we refuse to believe that we are what we do. Because you are so much more than what you do or do not do. You are defined by the creator of heaven and earth. You're defined as a son or a daughter of God. At its foundation, that is who you are. And I can tell you a whole bunch of other words that the Bible says about who you are as well. He says that you're worthy, that you're an overcomer, you're righteous. If you want more, this book, it's full of them. It's a great book for your identity to learn who you are. But you are so much more than what you do. And taking a Sabbath, taking time out. Obviously, we often, churches talk about Sabbath as like a Sunday or a Saturday taking a whole day, doing nothing. You know, in Jewish culture, you wouldn't, you're not allowed to do any work, so you're not even allowed to turn on a light switch. Uh, you literally can't do anything. They set up their timers so that the lights come on at the right time. They have everything in place so that they don't do any work. You can't walk a certain distance. You can't, like, anything. And I'm not talking about something that extreme because the Bible actually talks about how Jesus becomes our Sabbath. Jesus is the Sabbath. Spending time with Jesus is your Sabbath. And so it's not about having to, you know, block out a whole day and you can't even turn the lights on. It's about the presence of God and being with Jesus. And Sabbath also means accepting the sovereignty of God. Because you can no longer do in that moment. You can no longer make something happen. And I know for me, personally, some of the most powerful moments with God have come in times of extreme pain. They've come in times where I've been unwell, where I physically can't get up off of the sofa, can't get out of bed, can't do anything. But yet in that moment of not being able to do and not being able to prove to God that I'm good enough, not being able to earn his love, his affection that he pours all of that out on me anyway and says, you are loved. You are who, you say, who I say you are. And all of your striving and all of your trying to do and all of your trying to earn and deserve from me was always pointless because you are defined by Jesus. I'm defined by the fact that I was valuable enough that Jesus would go to the cross and die for me. That's what I'm defined by. 
And sometimes it takes a moment of hardship where you can no longer do any of the things that you would normally do to feel good about yourself, that God loves you anyway, and then you realize, I'm loved whatever happens. I'm loved whether I have a job, whether I don't have a job, whether I've had a good day, whether I've had a bad day, whether I've been well today, whether I've been sick today. All of that, to God, is nothing. He's just saying, what I want is you. I just want you. And this is a really cool quote that I liked from the book as well. He says that weariness rarely leads to godliness. When we are tired and when we are weary, we are not always great at being like Jesus. I know if I'm really tired, I am not as great at being patient, for example. Maybe if I'm really hungry, I might not be great at being patient either. Um, but I know that when I'm tired, I'm second best at everything. I know that I don't love as well. I know that I don't put people first as well. I know that I, you know, all of those things, I might not honor people as well. When someone wants to come over and when I'm supposed to be hospitable, I might be like, I kind of don't want them to come over. I'm really tired. <laughs> You know, our weariness means that we struggle to be Christ-like. And so we need to take Sabbath rest so that we can be more Christ-like. And as I said earlier, relaxation isn't the same as rest, even though you may need to take some time out and relax. Um, but though it is good, relaxation will never do a deep enough work because it won't renew us. Jesus renews us. <laughs> And it's spending time with Jesus that will renew us. And we know that if God rested, you know, he created the world seven, uh, six days. Oh, got that wrong. On the seventh day, he rested. If God needed Sabbath rest, if it was good enough for him to be refreshed, how much more do we need time to be refreshed? Just being in the presence of God. And there are different types of rest that we might need because we're all in different positions. We're all in different, sorry, don't mind me. We're all, hold on. <laughs> we're all, <laughs> we all have different things. I can't get back now. We, we all have, I know, thank you. We all have different things going on in our lives, right? We need different types of rest. I just, I can't now while she's there. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, so depending on where you are in your life, you may, you may need a different type of rest. You may need a, a spiritual rest. You may need to stop being on mission for God. You may need to stop doing things for him temporarily. You may need to enjoy the simplicity of being in his presence and enjoying his good gifts. You may need physical rest. You may need a nap every now and then and say, you know what, it's okay to take an hour, in my case three, but whatever. Um, take an hour out of your day to just physically rest, and that's okay. You may need to give yourself a bit more sleeping time in the evening and actually say, I'm, I'm not going to give myself six hours anymore. I'm going to give myself seven hours anymore. anymore. I'm going to give myself seven hours. And that may mean that there's a little bit more washing to do. And that's okay, because God's going to sort all that out. You know, when we give our time to God, he gives it back to us. He honestly does. I, I've done this in every circumstance of life, whether I was at university, working, um, family issues. If I've 
If I've taken time out of that to do something with God, to spend time with him, even though it would seem like, no, I really need to study for another hour. No, I really need to spend time with my family. No, I really need to do this, do that. Actually, and almost it would feel like impossible to complete your goal if you took that time out. But every single time, I have never lost out because I've taken time for God. Never. And if you take that time for him, he... He's outside of time. (laughs) He can make everything work together for our good. When we prioritize him and put him first, and it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things, he's talking about things like what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, all the life things, all the regular, when are you going to do the washing? All those things are added to you when you put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you may need spiritual rest, you may need physical rest, you may need emotional rest. You may need to be able to lower your guard before people, before God, and not have to be that person. You may need intellectual rest. You may need to do something physical. Apparently the best way to, if, you've, if you're doing loads of intellectual things, the best way to rest from it is to do something physical. And if you are doing loads of physical things, the best way to rest is to do something intellectual. So get your Sudoku books out if you've been running around all day and take some time doing something like that. Um, Or you can do something really holy and, I don't know, work out all the numbers in the Bible and what they all mean. Who knows? Um, But there are different ways to rest and different things that you may need rest from. And you may even need social rest. You may need to not constantly be on for other people and just be that person all the time because that can be really tiring, knowing that the demands of loads of other people are on you and feeling the pressure to fulfill all of those demands. And so sometimes we just need a break from people and say, I just need to be left alone for a little bit today. (laughs) I'm just going to take a moment, myself and God. So it isn't doing nothing but it's enjoying what God has given to us, enjoying the pleasures of this life because he has so much for us. He created everything. I mean, we even just look outside, you see the beauty of creation. And there are times where I, I'm like working from home and I'm sitting in my room working away and I'm looking out and I'm seeing the blue sky and I'm thinking, I'd love to be out there. But I'm working away and I'm missing moments because I'm just so busy, when actually I know I could grab 20 minutes to go for a nice walk or just listen to the birds, whatever it might be. I know that I can do that, but I don't because I'm just, I'm so caught up in work. I'm so caught up in doing and accomplishing things and ticking the next thing off my list. I love a good list. Um, And so depending on what kind of rest you need, It might involve worship, your Sabbath time. It might involve sleeping. It might involve doing a hobby, doing some embroidery, playing football, spending time with your friends or your family, with people that make you feel safe, people that make you feel happy, people that give you joy. Um, And like I said, not just getting all your chores done. And in the book, um, John Tyson, he calls it... um, He says that Sabbath should be like a festival of joy and a feast of God's favor. Guys, it might be eating a really good meal and just really enjoying 
a good steak. Thank you. Or if you're vegetarian, asparagus. I don't know. Um, whatever it might be, but actually enjoying the pleasures of this life. God, taste and see that I am good. <laughs> if we're supposed to enjoy his goodness, like go get a good meal. Go and view something beautiful. Go and do something that's going to enrich who you are in that day. And it doesn't have to take forever. But enjoy the sensory delight of the world, the wonder that God has given to us, that we would go back to the garden and enjoy who we were created to be. Um, My last quote from the book. God is not glorified and the church is not renewed when the church is filled with driven and exhausted Christians. Mm. So good, but also ouch. Okay, I'm going to say it again. God is not glorified and the church is not renewed when the church is filled with driven and exhausted Christians. Do you feel like that's you today? Do you feel driven? Do you feel exhausted? What are you going to do to enter into God's rest today? Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. How are you going to grab hold of that today? What does that even mean for you? Does that just feel like a nice thing people say? Or do you know what that means as a reality? That his burden really is light. That his yoke is easy. We do not want a church filled. I know Martin doesn't. I know I don't in my church. I don't want a church that's just filled with really tired people who I want to be able to minister to people who come in who are weary and who are tired but if that's all that we are how are we going to go out in joy spreading the word of God how are we going to become all that God has for us weariness is not going to lead us into godliness and actually we as Christians are supposed to be at the top of everything we've got the answer to all of the world's problems because we've got Jesus and God knows everything. But yet we are finding ourselves more and more tired, weary, stressed, struggling with our mental health, whatever it might be. Guys, I've been there. I think a lot of us have been there. And more than ever, we're still finding ourselves this way. And I believe it's because we've fallen into a pattern of the world that we have allowed the compromise of this world to overtake the conviction that we have to put spiritual disciplines in place. And Sabbath is one of those disciplines. And so this is my encouragement for you today. Ask yourself, what does it mean for me to take Sabbath rest in the busyness of my life? Do I know what it means when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you feel like you don't know what that means, go away and find out what it means. I don't have all the answers, I'm afraid. I would love to, but I don't yet. But I know that it's in my Bible and I know that it's going to be found in the presence of God. And so that's my encouragement for you. Find time, carve out time, put it in your diary if you need to. But prioritize Sabbath time with God because it will change your life. It really will. It won't stall your life. It won't take up all your time like we might think it will. 
it will change your life, it will transform your life, and it will make everything easier and everything better. It's a command from God that we are to take Sabbath time with him. And so let's look at how we can make that a priority in our lives. So I'm going to pray. Um, is there going to be worship? Yeah, there'll be worship. There'll be time for you to respond if you want to respond. If there's something that's particularly kind of hit you in what I've said, feel free to come forward. There's going to be people to pray. Um, I'll be here to pray as well. Um, yeah, so why don't we stand and I'm going to pray. If you want to sit down because you want to rest, you can stay seated. Um, but why don't we stand and I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. So Jesus, thank you that you are enough. Lord, help us to rest and help us to recognize you as our provider, as our all in all, that you are enough, that you can make things happen, that we don't have to force things to happen all the time. Lord, for those of us feeling social pressure, social anxiety, social stress, Lord, I pray that it would be removed from us that we would be able to take on a lifestyle of Sabbath rest, of taking moments and taking time out in the presence of Jesus, who is our Sabbath, that we would put you first, Lord. Any other idols that we've made in our lives, any other things that we can't say no to, and we recognize them as idols, God, let's just place them at the altar. And we give them back to you, God. Any idol that I've put above you, God, I give it back to you right now whether that's the idol of family, whether that's the idol of work, whether that's the idol of exercise, whether it's the idol of Netflix, like whatever it might be, God, we put it at your feet and we say that you are worth more than anything else this world could give us. So Lord, help us to cultivate rest in the busyness and the distraction of our lives so that we may know you first. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.